But yeah. there are some people out there that, that are taking the bull by the horn and go, man, I see this new evolution of what's going on in these businesses. And I want to get phone calls from people all the time. And you see, that's another thing too. This is what's so wonderful about our industry is that people can pick up their phone and call. I remember when I was, we were trying to build Grand Station, I picked up the phone and I called people that I didn't, they didn't know me and I didn't know them, but I knew they were successful. And this is what I want. I, I want to ask their, I want to pick their brain. I want to ask questions. Yeah. And everybody likes to talk about themselves. That's right. my favorite subject, right? Of <laughs> so, course. Yeah. Especially if they're doing well. I, exactly. Everybody wants to talk about that. And mm -hmm. it's like, all you got to do is just take their ideas and listen to what they do, what they did mm -hmm. wrong or what they didn't or what they did. I get, and I said, this is, you pay it forward. Great. So thanks again for coming on, Mike. I really appreciate you taking some time. I'm looking forward to this conversation. For the people who have not had a chance to meet you, tell me a little bit about you and maybe your center. Sure. Yeah, my name is Mike Logan. I've been in the business since 1978. I started off with my grandfather's bowling alley back in Lufkin, Texas. Oh, wow. Uh, progressed from there, moved all over, moved to California for a couple of years. Came back, helped my uncle manage a center in Huntsville, Texas. Ran that one for a while, and then I took that over in 1996. Decided in about early 2000s that I saw the wave, what was going on, and the, the mm -hmm. trend in our industry was yeah. going to more FECs. I drove by, I said, this is what we have to do. This is what right. we have to do. My wife and I decided that we were going to build here in Bryan College Station. We figured at the mm -hmm. time it was a great market for us. We came in and took over an existing center. It was a, it was a, a former Lowe's building. They had 40 mm -hmm. bowling lanes and a, and a skating rink. We didn't see the skating rink being a very viable revenue stream for us. We took that out, basically spent about two and a half million dollars on renovations, wow. cleaned the place up. And that was in 2000, since 2007, the revenue they were making with the business model that we came in were five times the revenue right now. Wow. That's it, awesome. It's just, it's yeah. not, we saw, and as a matter of fact, it's one of these things too, is that I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. One, the food in our industry right now, it's a big, huge revenue stream if it's done correctly. Yes, it is. Did not do that correctly. So I'm playing catch up right now. It's starting to do very well for us. The game room, it was an also thought. We said, okay, well, look, I had a, a friend of mine who was an operator for video games. I said, hey, I need you to go out and borrow some money. I said, but I don't want you to go into your warehouse and clean off a bunch of games and bring them into this place. I said, it didn't take me, but maybe four or five months to realize because I controlled it with the uh, game card system that I had. Okay. And I was writing him a check for $5,000 a week. And I'm going, whoa, serious. <laughs> anyway, right. that was 15 years ago. And what we've done now is that I was, we made an offer to him. He couldn't refuse. And basically we bought him out. And from there, it's just been absolutely crazy. Wow. And believe it or not, and I don't want to go too far ahead, but my game room, the game room that we have right now, I have a 40 lane center with about 800 league bowlers right now, packed every Friday and Saturday night with a wait list of at least a half under, about, about a half hour wait list. Yeah, open game, point on the Friday, Saturday? Friday and Saturday, yes, and Sunday. Okay. The game room we have right now does more in revenue than that. Wow. That's That was something I did not see. Yeah, uh, wow. And also getting involved with a lot of, we yeah. have our, a group of guys that we formed called the FEC 20 group. It's a family entertainment center it's from all over the country. We get together probably two or three times a year. They, we do a lot of zoom calls. I haven't been on zoom call in a while because of this COVID thing, but I'm starting to get back into it now. Yeah. But anyway, it's really a, a great group of guys. We talk about the, uh, 
We talk about best business practice. We talk about different promotions that are going up. Everybody recycles ideas. I'd right. like to think that we were the first person that came up with all these great ideas, but no, we all recycle just like any other industry. Of course. Yeah. So that's kind of my story from start almost to the finish and where we mm -hmm. are today. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Let's dive into a little bit of that transformation. First, let's take a step back. So you said you were in the bowling industry before it was within the family. You said yes. what center you were with what center and what was the relationship again? It was called Lufkin Lanes. I graduated from high school in Memphis, Tennessee. Wasn't in the bowling industry at all. And I said, you know mm -hmm. what? I want to go to work in Lufkin, Texas of all places. That's yeah. So anyway, so we went down there, spent a couple of years there, went to school and then I worked for the family, my grandfather, and anyway, I got to bowl a lot and I became a pro bowler after about three years. I oh, said, wow. Oh, okay. This is great. Yeah. It didn't take me long to realize there's a lot more money on my side of the counter right now than there right. was in the bowl industry. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Unless you're in the yeah. top four or five bowlers yeah. in the country. So anyway, so we just, mm -hmm. I, I went there and then uh, my grandfather bought a center in San Antonio, or I'm, I'm sorry, Santa Ana, California. Okay. And so we moved there for a couple of years, managed a center there, then wanted to get out of California because back in the early eighties, even trying to rent a place there, God, the money we were spending to rent, I we could live like Kings in back in Texas. Yeah. So I met my wife and I drug her all the way from California to Huntsville, Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was quite a culture shock for her. I'm sure. <laughs> it took her about a year to realize now she just, she loves Texas. That's we great. Love Texas. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, let's go through a little bit of the transformation because you said, obviously, things are a little bit different than when you first started. To, to walk me through a little bit about when you acquired your center and you went from maybe a more of a traditional style to where you are today, more towards the FEC. Yes. I realized, too, that the business was so much different back then. It was so league dependent. Yep. And I really, I hated you know, April and May because that was the time you're getting ready for the summer leagues and you went out and twisted arms and no one wants to bowl. They just committed for 35 weeks right. and they finished it up and they don't want to bowl another 13 weeks in the summertime. Right. So it was really tough to transition and you're, the whole center's revenue stream was based on league play. And then come up in June and July, then you're always trying to figure out some different ideas for the fall league start back up in September. And I just hated that. I, I did it, but I just really didn't like it. Yeah. And even back then, 25, maybe 25 years ago, you started seeing a trend that league bowling was going down. Okay. There right. wasn't as many, there wasn't as many lady leagues anymore. Yeah. A lot of the leagues were starting to diminish. You were, you didn't have the league numbers that you had in the previous. And so we decided that we got to figure out different ways of getting revenue streams. And of course, Living where I did, I was close to the Houston market. And even in the San Antonio, Austin area, you, you started seeing these things called the main events. Yeah, and yes. it's like, yeah. like, man, I need to look at that a little more closer. Yeah. Of course, the market I was in in Huntsville, Texas, the town of 24,000 people, that didn't have, uh, they, they didn't have the market for what we were trying to do. So sure. It, it's ironic is that a friend of mine went to work for a place called Alley Cats up in Dallas, uh, in Arlington, Texas. He showed me what he was doing. It's, oh my God, I could not believe the revenue that they were bringing in. Oh yeah. This is, this is phenomenal. And another friend of mine at the same time had a center in Conroe, Texas, opened one up in Katy, Texas. There again, it's, oh, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I get one of these. So anyway, we're going to do a ground up construction. It took two years. We we're going to build one in Bryan, Texas. And we were having all kinds of issues trying to get funding for it. And then the lady down the street had a place called Wolfpin Bowl, old traditional bowling. 
made her an offer. She goes, nah, I don't want to do it. So after about two years, I was just getting ready to build. And she said, okay, I want to sell. So I went down mm. there and it made so much more sense. We got a 70,000 yeah. square foot building. Wow. And saved two and a half million dollars. Yep. So that was an absolute no brainer. Yeah. Like, and all the machines. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. And since we've done that, we've been able to upgrade almost every single thing inside that center. I'm very proud. We're very proud of the center that we built. We've replaced 40 old bowling lanes, machines, wow. yeah. and the lanes, everything. We fixed up, cleaned it up. It's a very clean, I'm, I'm very proud of, like I said, very proud of the fact that what we got. Right, right now, we're sitting at about 130 employees right now. Wow. In a, a center. And it's like, that doesn't, you don't see yeah. many centers operating with that that's many. That's very people. large. Yeah, yeah, that's very large. Wow. So, but anyway, we're just mm -hmm. pleased as bunch to be here and our business just keeps growing and evolving and things like that. We've got, mm -hmm. I, I like to think that we're in a good position because the center that we're in right now, we do a good of taking care of our customers and our guests and our, and the community. We've got a great mm -hmm. relationship with the community and the biggest fear is someone else is going to come in. They may, but I think we do such a good job. And I think it helps deter some of the people. The challenge yeah. is big enough to support one of us. I don't think it's going to be enough to support two of us. Not at least not yet. At least yeah. not yet. I think we do a, a really good job and some would come in, but gosh, then the bill what we have is going to cost them 15, 16 million. Right. Are they yeah. going to, yeah, they'll peel off some of what we have, but I don't think they're going to do the numbers that they want. Yeah. Anyway, as long as we take care of our customers and keep doing what we're doing, we're going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I don't see too many towns that can sustain more than one center, really. It's pretty tough unless you're a large metro. Yeah, and we're not uh, there yet. So tell me a little bit about maybe some of the product line switches or how do you assess going for the arcade games or whatever else you have to offer? What does that process look like? Is it a profit per square foot assessment or how do you make those decisions and move in that direction? What did that look like? Like I said, belonging to the organization I belong with, the FEC group, we go out there and we look and we get a lot of products that are out there right now that are very successful. It's, okay, if this certain game is doing well up in the Midwest, probably going to do well here in Texas also. Yeah. Every now and then you'll, you won't hit a home run, but most of the time, because of the history and some of the games that are coming out, we get those things. Yeah. I wasn't really focused on that as much. I said, coming from traditional bowling, I was still concentrating on the bowling end of it, which was going to be an additional revenue stream. Same with the bowl, with the cafe. It was more of a glorified, it was a snack bowl, a bowling alley snack yeah. bowl. But since then, we've been, we educate ourselves. We keep involved and we keep, we network a lot within the, uh, within the industry. Yeah. And find out the trends, what's going on. We've hired a local social engineering, social company that comes in and manages our website, our Facebook, mm. all this stuff. Yeah. Have you found uh, that to be helpful? Yeah. Oh yeah. A mm -hmm. lot. It's pretty expensive, but I tell you what, we were spending, gosh, I can't even tell you how much we were spending advertising every year with radio and TV and right. we've, cut, we've cut that out. And yep. now all we do is social media and yep. really take care of that. The, the website we have is a really good website page. That's always mm -hmm. evolving. We're getting ready to redo another one. And everybody's going, it's a pretty good website as it is, but we're going to yeah, all, I saw it. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> we always have to keep evolving. Mm -hmm. Same with our Facebook and our, and of course, I'm 65 years old and I don't know TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I don't know hashtags. I don't pay attention to those things, but that seems to be a pretty good marketing trend. And a lot of people use yeah. that. That's so my staff, use. yeah, mm -hmm. my, you use it too, right? That's what we do. Yeah. So we've tried everything and that is really all that we've seen work that in like Google, you know, making sure you're in the search engine. Right oh there. yeah. That's the stuff that matters. Everything else is, I haven't seen move the needle as much. No, this really does. And we spend, like I said, we spend a, not only do we maintain the website, the Facebook page, something like that, 
but we also spend the money with the Google and so to do some more advertising and things like that. And it does help the geofencing, they call it, where they go in. And mm -hmm. so when you come into our town, what to do in Bryan College Station, Grand Station is always at the top of the search engines. Yep. So when people come in, they see our, and I, we like to talk to people when they come in. You can see when they're out of, from out of town, yeah. ask them how to hear about it. They go to their Facebook. Exactly. You know? That's where a lot of people get the, that's, that's where it is. They're yeah. not, I can spend a lot of money on the channel on the 10 o'clock news for a 30 second spot. That doesn't move the needle as much as this other does. Exactly. That's where the people are today. They're on their phones. They do yeah. studies. The average person's on there four hours a day, at least. Yeah. Some people are more, some people are, you know. Yeah. We do a lot with the community too. We started this new project. I'm telling you what it is. It's fantastic. It's and it, basically it's nothing anybody else hasn't ever done. Okay. But we're doing it maybe in a different way. It's a spirit day. So I'm, just, I'm sure you guys have heard of that before with the schools. No. Okay. Tell me about what it. What we've done with PTOs and a lot of the bands and different organizations mm -hmm. within the schools, we offer them two times a week they can do this thing. And from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock on a Saturday morning, we let them set up a little booth. They come into our place. They pay $15. That's unlimited bowling, laser tag, and mini golf. Okay. Uh, so they come in, they keep $5 and we keep $10 and they'll bring in their families. On an average, we get about a hundred people for each organization. They are just tickled pink. They make $500 in a day. And let me tell you, they used, a lot of them still do. They go to the different, like the Chili's or the different restaurants. Right. They go there and if you go in on a Tuesday night from six to eight, 10% of your Deal goes yeah. to the school. At the most, they make $100, $150 for that. Okay. They come to our place one time and boom, it's $500. And they absolutely mm. love it. And yeah. so we are getting more and more. We're almost booked all the way every Saturday. And we also do it on Monday evening because that's mm. a slow night for leagues. Yeah. So we do it on Monday evenings. Same thing. They average about 100 people, wow. sometimes 75, 80. Year round? Or is that oh, just yeah. seasonal? Year round. Especially like right now, we have the bands are starting to get, they're looking for fundraisers. We got a local high school band. They're looking for yeah. fundraisers. They come in and boom, they do this thing. And then also too, we turn around and we also support them through their own, if they have a yearbook or they got any other type of advertising, they're looking to promote their deal. Yeah. We work with them on that. We have a great relationship within the community. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. that's part of our mission statement is to get involved with the local community and so far it's worked hand in hand and yeah it's a great relationship we have with a lot of the schools and things like that too so. right yeah that's pretty tough to unseat and i'm sure everybody wins then just come in you're raising money for good causes and then they're having a oh, time yeah. and you guys are making money too that's great yeah yeah okay so what else do you see in the work today you said you have the games community involvement what are some other things you guys are doing that you're seeing work really well in your center the other day my staff like I said, we have 130 employees and we divide them up into departments. Okay. We okay. have the bowl department. We've got the arcade department or the games department. We've got mm -hmm. the food and beverage department. We've got the facilities, which is the game or the mechanics, things like that. Yeah. Each department has its own. What they do with that is they have some competition between them. Okay. The other night, just on an early Sunday morning before we opened, we had 20 people that work in our bowl department shift leaders yeah. and things like that. So there was mm -hmm. four shift leaders or five shift leaders and they made four teams or five teams out of four on a team. And they had a little friendly competition between them. They all lined up and they went out there and they divided up into five and they assigned one person to be the bowler. Okay. And it's, they all had to start at the same time. And if you got a strike, you got to go back, you had to run back to the game room and shoot in the basketball goal. 
and you had okay. to make five baskets. Mm-hmm. And then once you did that, then you went over into the bar area in the cornhole game and you mm-hmm. had to make three cornhole strikes. Okay. And then once you did that, then you had to go to the front and the, you got a little bartender spoon, which is a really small spoon, and you mm-hmm. got a little plastic egg on it. And you had to walk the concourse with that egg all the way to the finish line. Oh, oh my! Yeah. They videoed it, and the kids were just absolutely hooting and hollering. They, <laughs> it was a great time. I think as far as uh, bonding as a team, mm-hmm. they loved it. And I said, my manager came with his idea. I said, that's great. And then my mechanics did the same thing too. We have six mechanics. We got we got a facilities guy. We have a head mechanic, and then mm-hmm. they divided the teams into two, and they made up this list. Okay, of all these different problems. They created this scenario. They mm-hmm. had to go out of town to go somewhere to an event. And we just had a and the criteria said that we had a lock-in the night before. We got eight machines down and we've got another buyout group coming in on Saturday morning. You got one hour and here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. They gave them like eight different calls to fix. Yeah. But it, it wasn't just like that. They turned the music way up loud. Okay. They put headsets on there and they were talking all over the headsets. So they were trying to distract him as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the kids Mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. They got the duo that won wasn't even the people that we thought were going to win. And it it really gave us an evaluation of exactly where these guys are. Anyway, went to talk to him afterwards to find out. And we gave the winning team, I think, two fifty dollars Visa gift cards and the Mm -hmm. next guy got $25. They loved it. I can't wait to do it again. Oh my God. Wow. And that was, that to me was so great because I said it builds team chemistry and these guys, they just, they're all helping each other. It's just a great, great work environment. Yeah. yeah, So we're very happy with that. I like that. So it's almost like just coming up with a set of activities and they have to work together as a team to do it. And then it also evaluates their performance, but it's fun. Absolutely. And also too, another thing too, that we do a lot of is that we like to continually to educate our staff. Okay. In the state of Texas, we put together what we call educational tours where we'll get the, uh, where we'll get whether it is a game company or whether or not as a food and beverage person, we will send staff, not just the owners and the general manager. We want to send staff because those are the ones that really come in and get so much out of it. Yeah. Two things. One, it lets them know that we value their working with us. Course. But it also lets that they also realize that man, they believe in me and they want me to go. And it's just it works out so good. They come back and they're super excited. And I think that is is something that really needs to be expanded upon. And I, and I yeah. think the BP, the BPAA does a good job with that. They yep. have with the, their boot camps, things like that. Yeah, we University. do it just because of our state of Texas. We do it locally within the state of Texas, and then. Sometimes we'll send people to the boot camps, things like that too. Okay. Yeah. That helps that they're in Texas too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. So then do you have like a certain budget that you put towards that or how do you determine, do you have to be there for a certain amount of time or how do you determine who gets to go to what? Yeah. I think it's a judgment call. Well, obviously I sent one lady to a, to one of our educational things. She was my new, we just hired her as our arcade manager within the week and boom, she was already a deal. Now that doesn't happen all the time, but it was something we needed to do. Yeah. But no, I think that, yeah, they have to be there a certain amount of time. They have to reach a certain level before they're able to do those things. Okay. Yeah. And then it's just up to like maybe the manager to to recommend them up to go up for something like that. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I really like those getting close to the time. I know I told you I'd only keep you for a half hour. 
Let's talk a little bit about where you see things going. We talked about the progression of where we are today. Where do you see things going for the next maybe three years, maybe five years if we really want to go far out? Yeah, for our business, it's it's always evolving. It's always evolving. And the industry is itself is evolving. And I think too, one of the challenges, and I talked to a lot of our my my friends in the in the industry, more traditional bowl and things like that. You'd be surprised if you looked at your PL how much revenue as a percentage is league bowling. And I hate to beat on that, but people are absolutely surprised when they come back going, oh, it's only like 14% or 15%. Everybody thinks, oh, that's 30 years ago, it was probably 65, 70% of your revenue yeah. was all league yeah, bowling. 80. Yeah, it's not like that. It's anymore. flipped. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people get hung up on trying to stop that slide instead of mm -hmm. embracing. Even though the league bowling is going down, their center revenues are going up. And it's okay. What do we got to do different? Maybe embrace the other side. I'm not right. saying you, I'm not saying you throw league bowling out and just ask the heck of it. I'm not going to, no, yeah. you, you can have your cake and eat it too, but you also need to be able to figure out different ways to do with those things. And anyway, I don't want to get off into that because I get in trouble sometimes. I, I talk too much on that, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, some of the simple things to do, you know, maybe put uniforms on your employees, make your place look professional. Everybody says, oh my gosh, I'm just a small little center. So be a big fish in a big, in a small pond. Yeah. I'm the only game in town. There's no comp. Well, yeah, there is competition. Go wow. across the street and go to Olive Garden or Outback or, and look how those employees are dressed and how yeah. they manage their customers. And then look at yourself and look right. how you manage your life. Or like, even in the home entertainment, you're competing against that too. Someone on their phone or sitting in and watching a movie. That's your competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and I think that more people, they're starting to realize that now. Like, right. Oh. And it's, and it, but I think that's something that this industry, and you're seeing a lot of businesses in our industry just are blossoming. They're just yep. wool. But then mm -hmm. you also see some that are staying the same and they're not yeah. really and then you see some that are really failing. A lot of people, I think, because of the real estate markets these days, my gosh, some of these people are maybe second, third, fourth generation, and they got yeah. this place and it's worth their real estate they're sitting on is worth right. more two or three years worth of revenue. Hey, you know yeah. what? I think I'm going to sell and I'm just going to get out. Right. And I think you see that happening uh, yeah. in certain areas. Yeah, especially but, if the building's paid off and it's third, fourth oh, generation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, I don't want to work like my dad and my grandfather. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out. So I think you see a lot of that too. But yeah. there are some people out there that that are taking the bull by the horn and go, man, I see this new evolution of what's going on in these businesses, and I want to get phone calls from people all the time. And you see, that's another thing too. This is what's so wonderful about our industry, is that people can pick up the phone and call. I remember when I was, we were trying to build Grand Station. I picked up the phone and I called people that I didn't, they didn't know me and I didn't know them, but I knew they were successful. And said, this is what I want. I, I want to ask their, I want to pick their brain. I want to ask questions. Yeah. And everybody likes to talk about themselves. That's right. my favorite subject, right? Of <laughs> course. Yeah. Especially if they're doing well. I, exactly. Everybody wants to talk about that. And mm -hmm. it's like, all you got to do is just take their ideas and listen to what they do, what they did mm -hmm. wrong or what they didn't do or what they did. I get, and I said, this is, you pay it forward. And now I get people calling me all the time, asking me questions. And it's very flattering to get those calls. And it's, yeah, I'll be more than happy to help you out. Yeah. As long as you're not next door. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you're in two towns away or you're an hour drive, two hours away. Yeah, I have no problem. Yeah. I had a friend of mine that just opened up a place back in my town of Huntsville, Texas. He opened up a pizzeria with the gamer. He came over to my mm. place lots of times and he showed me the initiative. Like, oh my God. And now 
he's opened this place up and he is just going, he's doing well. He followed all the directions that, that I followed when I was going through it. Yeah. I got him in touch with the right people and he is absolutely loving it. He is He's never That's been awesome. in this type of industry, but he saw yeah, that. Right. He saw kind of, I think you, your story a little bit, you're seeing what's going on in this industry. It's a great industry to be in. And, yeah, and it's very absolutely. unique, very unique. So, right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that, that's very fun. I enjoy the heck out of that. So No, it's great. I love to hear it. Like you said, it is blossoming. We're on a great wave. I hope it lasts for a long time. We're seeing people having some really good years. So last year, this year, a lot of record years. It's great yes. to see. Yep. And uh, also, I want to give one more little shout out too, because we are a family business. My wife and I, we've got this business. My son, he is my general manager. He's 36 years old, young man. And he's got a really good staff. And I'm very proud of what he's done. He's taken what we started 20 years ago, and it's, and it's a whole different ballgame of how you manage. Yeah. When I was managing and doing the front desk and working in the cafe, I never had to do things that, that we're asking him to do right now. Mm. And, I, and I think as we start to evolve, the management styles, everything changes a little bit too, and you have to okay. run it just a little bit differently. Yeah. We're very fortunate to have a really good staff in place. And my son mm -hmm. has been very instrumental in making that happen too. So, yeah, no, I'd love to touch on that a little bit because I, we see it a lot across the industry is the transfer of management from one generation to the next. What do you have any tips or anything that you've found to be helpful as far as cultivating that next generation of leadership or yeah, what's the best way to know, go about it? Yeah, that's a great question because here, and I read this somewhere and it's, that is so true. My wife and I, we pretty much sacrificed everything to build what we have right now in College mm -hmm. Station, okay? We took we took our savings, we scrimped, we saved, we did everything to get into this business, to build yeah. what it is right now, okay? When I was working, I worked weekends, holidays, every night. Right. It, was, it was, that's just what we had to do that because, yeah. I, okay, now it's so much different. And I think this is where I got hung up and I'm trying real hard not to. And I think a lot of people in the industry, you watch your son, he's raising a family, doing a great job, God fearing person, goes to church, all this stuff. He's not required to work weekends. He's not required to work the evenings. Yeah. I'm not asking him to put in sweat equity like his mother and I did. And that's where sometimes you go, he's off again. It's oh my mm -hmm. God. And, and the mindset that we have is okay, it's not like it was 20 years ago, 30 years. Yeah. So like I said, his expectation and what we're asking him to do is to manage what we have built. We're not asking him to come in and build mm -hmm. and then try and manage. He does, we're not asking him to sacrifice. Okay, we're asking him to go in there and take what we have right now with management skills. We do a lot of training, but that I think mm -hmm. is where a lot of people, and I say myself included, and I have to really watch myself to mm -hmm. not feel like, oh, gosh, yeah. I have to work. When I was a right. So I had to work Christmas Back in my day, yeah. So in that respect, it's different today. Depending mm. on your business model and what you're doing, we're very fortunate to have a business that we're able to have more management and things like that too. I guess that would be the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway what we've had to, to adjust to. Yeah. And it makes sense. And it makes sense too, because yeah. So now we're trying to give him more tools to manage what he has right now. Right. It's a whole different ball. Yeah, no, that, that's very astute. I like that you see it as... Just because the, you had to do something doesn't mean that's required of him because that's not what the situation calls for. I think that's really astute and self-reflective to to know that you don't need to project that onto him. Yeah. It, that's not the situation he's in. But that um, ain't easy. That's not easy. I'm sure it's not <laughs> yeah, when he's there with you on the holiday. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, and I learned this too. 
is that a lot of family businesses, they go through generations. And I was with a, uh, we had a vendor come in and my son and I were sitting down talking to the vendor. So I introduced myself and then I've been introduced to my son. And he goes, he goes, oh, so you're the generation that's going to let this thing fall apart. Yeah. And I'm going, okay. I think what he was trying to say, and it makes sense because a lot of businesses, like we were talking to a little while ago, some third and fourth generation, they didn't build it. They didn't manage it. Yeah. They just basically they don't know what went into it. Yeah. And they're just sharing in all the revenue and they're not even worried about how to build. They never yeah. give them a thought. And that's really, that I tried and I'm thinking, okay, my grandson, great kid. And I'm going, okay, is he going to be the one? Is he going to yeah. want to take over the business? I, I don't know. But if that's the case, you hope he has a passion that I do. And then my son does right. too. And you, you just never, ever know. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you just kind of have to instill. And there's always an element of hope, right? Yeah. On, on an answered question. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, no, I really like that. So yeah, let's finish out. I know I promised you it wouldn't be too long. I wanted to ask two things before we go. Just the first would be what your biggest challenge is today. I would like to, I would like to say this, but unfortunately it's maintaining staff. We've been able to, not that I'm doing, it's my staff and my management team is putting together, keeping staff engaged and keeping them. I'm sure you hear the stories all over. It's all, yep. this guy interviewed great. He came out, went to the audience and man, he's ready to start never shows up yeah so we have a lot of that we have probably turnover but not as much as we used to it's getting okay. better but it's still a lot of turnover and staff and being yeah. able to hire people that's the biggest challenge I would Staffing. Say. yeah yeah and i'd say you know nine out of ten maybe 19 out of 20 people that's it staffing but some a lot of times it's getting people to work to even show up um, yes if you're a little I, if you're further down the line then it's the retention piece and the engagement and the other thing too is supply trying to get supplies. The redemption game room right now that we have, gosh, that is so difficult to, and the yeah. staff, Still, we got the main guys out there, the Rhode Island, BMI, yeah. Redemption Plus, all those companies, they do all those things, but yet we still go to Walmart, Target. Yeah. We go, right. we, we have so many, because everybody asks me, well, Mike, where do you get your supplies from? It depends on what you're looking for. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, how urgent. Yeah. You can't just be married to one supplier you have to reach mm. out we're having some issues right now we ordered i think it was ten thousand logoed knobby balls these big 18 inches for a big yeah. crane that was back in january oh, and we've been told that okay it's here but it's sitting out on a port somewhere sitting out on a ship and it hasn't been taken right. off yet you hear these stories all the time so we got that we have bowling machine issues we try and we're able to be able to supply and keep backups for getting parts yeah mm -hmm. It's very difficult. Yeah. And no, you see that? Oh, good. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, so is that something you're getting better, worse, the same? Or I've heard a little bit of each, just depending on what it is. Do you see that improving yeah. or is that getting worse? It's staying about the same. Okay. You keep thinking, okay, look, this pandemic's over and this right. that. Yeah. And I don't want to get real political with some of the stuff here, but man, something's got to give. Yeah. I don't understand why we have this yeah. I, I do understand too there's a there's one manufacturer of video games he's having some issues because he can't mm -hmm. get staff or that company mm -hmm. cannot get staff yeah and they're falling way behind you know so when they come up with these new games you, they can't you know, get them you can't yeah. get them yeah and it's a lot of that stuff i think it's just it's the delayed factor of it like one thing causes a delay to the next yeah. and then you got to start from the beginning and then it trickles back through. I think we were hoping for six to nine months recovery from the supply chain and we're still in the thick of it. 
Yeah. Awesome. So the last thing I wanted to ask you before we go is just what would be your number one piece of advice for either a new proprietor or proprietor who's looking to at a crossroads, wants to make a decision on what to double down on? What would be your biggest advice to that proprietor? I would do my homework. I would look out and say, okay, and this is not that you were at a crossroads in our industry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Either you're doing it for the love of the sport of bowling, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Or you're doing it, or you're doing it as a business. Okay. If you're going to do it as yeah. a business, okay. You've got to be able to figure out the different revenue streams that are available in right. your industry. You have to mm -hmm. take what you have and be willing to make the change. A lot of people have made some game rooms own your own video games, but you got to make sure that you've got the space available. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people have more space in their centers than they really realize. Yeah. And I'm saying this because it used to be that people get through bowl on the first shift, they go sit in the bar and they'd all have fun drinks. Like that. Those days are kind of gone. It's like, okay, you may have a thousand square foot of just sitting empty. It's used for storage. Okay. Well, look at your place. And it's like, gosh, if I could move this wall here, take this wall out, I could do this. I could do that. Be willing to do those things and talk to people that have done, that are doing yeah. The things that you want to do that are successful. Mm -hmm. Go out there and ask questions. Go out there and look at what they're doing. Yeah. I, I got a quick story. I got a friend of mine. This is probably, this happened about five years after I built my place here okay. in College Station. And he's a friend of mine. He's got some centers in the state of Texas. And he finally decided to take out his game room. He did a, a it was a risky thing. He took his pool tables out, which were like making a few hundred dollars a month just off of that. Yeah. But he was willing to take that space, open it up, put in, he went out and I think borrowed like 150 grand, went out there and bought his games, did all this stuff. And after about a month of opening up, he calls me up and he's so mad. And I said, what do you mean? He says, how come you didn't make me do this years before? <laughs> I said, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> you but that's a true story. He said, we talk about right. this all the time. And now yeah. he is, he's prospering and it's, oh yeah. my God. And he's got a little, he's in a small town. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, he is doing really well. And uh, like I said, you have to be able to look at this thing and look at your business objective. I was talking earlier, step back and look at what's going on and how could you improve? If you have, there's help all out there. There's proven track records of places that have done these things. Find out who has and talk to them mm -hmm. and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And you will be surprised. That would, not, that would be my one big advice. But if you're doing it for the love and the sport of bowling and you want to be able to have leagues, that's fine. And, and sure. I'm, I'm fine with that too. It'd be great to be able to do both. Right. Yeah. Who's to say you can't. Yeah. See, I get in trouble because a lot of my people want to have league. They want to have tournaments on weekends. There's no way. And I'm yeah. like, look. Opportunity I, I cost. I, yeah. I can't tell people, look, this is how much money I make on a weekend. If I, if I did a tournament, I'm cutting my profits way up. 130 employees. I got 15 managers, salary managers, and I'm having to pay their staff. I said, exactly. This yeah. is why you have, this is why you have great service. This is why you have a nice place to bowl. And I can't go back and do those things. Yeah. I would say, yes, it's a decision that you have to make when it comes to. Yeah. No, I really like that, that it's not about what's better, what's, which is best kind of thing. Cause I think that Sometimes that's a confusion. It becomes an argument about what's the better way to do it. It's more about a decision is which way do you want to go? Because yeah. either one is right. It's just a matter of which one do you want? Yeah. And I like that. And I'm seeing, and I'm seeing more and more centers nationwide that are looking out and they're going, 
oh my God, I need to become this. And I've watched yeah. people that have been a traditional bowlers for many years have come back and they look at, and they've called me and, and I'm not opposed to sharing information with some of these people. Mm-hmm. And when I share this, they're like, you're kidding me. I said, no, it's really true. I said, I yeah. never would have seen this, but right. So, no, it's, we were very mm-hmm. blessed, very fortunate place, right time where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway. And you put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I really appreciate it, Mike. This has been an awesome discussion. I'm sure we could go on for a long time, but I keep it at the half hour mark. For a- anyone who is interested in reaching out and learning more, asking questions about how you've gotten there, what's what's the best way for them to reach out to you if they want to connect other proprietors? They can call me or not call me, I, 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 but they can reach me through my website. Or not okay. by my website, but my email is mikegrandstationent.com. Okay. No problems at all. Talking to anybody if they have any questions. They can call the center, leave a message, and I and I get back to them. I call okay. people. Awesome. And you were able to get in touch with me, right? That's right. It worked out for it me. It took a little while. Mm-hmm. It took a little while, but we you got were able there. To- yeah, exactly. So yeah, I can attest that you will get back and very generous with your time. I really appreciate it, Mike. All right, sir. Yep. All right. Thank you. We'll talk Thanks, soon. Lord.